0: This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Because
2: tuesday night edition of the andrea k show i think that's the first time that we've played my new intro when i was in here with dj carrot sticks fire i'm a power load what
0: kind of a show are you guys putting on here today?
2: <laughs> oh, so glad to have you all here with me. Hey, there's lots of power loading going on in Nevada tonight. Um, things are kind of breaking loose as we're starting the Andrea K Show tonight. We're going to hopefully break it down for you here on the show. Tonight's show is really going to be all about who's in and who's out in terms of the GOP race for the White House, who may be out or, or in, involved with the uh, prisoners in Gitmo. Maybe a little talk about who's in or maybe not in or never going to be in, at least during the presidential election time, in terms of a Scalia replacement. Um, in, in terms of um, Nevada, by the way, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I've got a new blog post tonight on the uh, website, AndreaKShow.com about the evangelical vote. Seems like there was a lot of hand wringing after South Carolina. People wondering why the evangelicals. I talked a little bit about it last night, and then it just was really kind of continuing to kind of bother me the whole situation in terms of so much of the judgments going against the Christians who didn't necessarily vote Cruz's way. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that tonight because tonight is about the Nevada caucuses, but I would ask you all to go and read that and let me know what you think about if you, you think I'm off base. I think that that the new card that's being thrown out there, and I'm wondering if it's going to happen again t- tonight uh, in Nevada because some, some breaking uh, entrance poll data show that the evangelicals, which as I mentioned last night, I had never heard of that word before. I grew up in the Bible Belt. As my blog post tells you, I was 13 when I became a Christian, grew up in the Bible Belt, never heard that word evangelical. So it's, it's a word that's being used to, you know, cobble people together like the left does in terms of an identity group for identity politics. Seems as though that group has broken 43% for Trump tonight. So this is going to continue to be a topic of conversation in terms of why is Trump getting that vote? Because shouldn't it automatically go to the son of a preacher and someone who's very vocal about his faith and his belief. I would say probably the same thing about Rubio, I think. But Rubio's interesting because I think he was raised Mormon and became a Catholic, but Cruz has really been the one to really speak the most about being a Christian. And, and so, you know, it seems as though it should be automatic, that all the Christians and evangelicals would vote for Cruz, right? Particularly as much as, as hard hitting as he was against Trump and Planned Parenthood. And I think that it's because if you look, and we're going to pay attention to some of the polls tonight in Nevada, but if you looked at South Carolina, the Christians and and by and large, the entire population of South Carolina, all the exit polls said 73%. First of all, they said the number one issue was terrorism of any issue out there. Number one issue was terrorism. 73% said that they supported Trump and his idea of a ban, a temporary ban on non citizen Muslims coming into this country. What you know, so then so many people like Beck comes out and says, Well, you can't and I've even got people saying this to me on Twitter tonight. Well, you how you can't call yourself an evangelical or a Christian and then not vote for Cruz. Well, why not? Under whose, you know, who was Glenn Beck or anybody else to tell a Christian what their priority should be in terms of policy? Where does it say in the Bible that to be a Christian means you have to vote for this policy is your number one priority? What is unchristian about saying my number one issue that I'm concerned of is terrorism and protecting the lives of current American citizens from being beheaded by the scourge that is taking over this country? A woman was beheaded in Oklahoma. This is not a myth that this is happening here and that it's growing and that we've got a Republican Party led by Paul Ryan that funded bringing 200,000 of these people here. What's, what's unchristian about saying, you know what, I'm concerned about the economy, 56%, and we'll see how the numbers break down in Nevada. 56% in total said that the economy, between the economy and jobs as well as government spending, those, those combined were 56% of the issues. Nothing unchristian about saying those are your priorities, that you're concerned. Maybe, maybe, these, maybe these Christians are having trouble putting food on the table, finding work. Maybe they've got a bunch of kids and or, or grandkids and they're worried about the, the, their economic futures. I don't think there's anything unchristian about worrying about these. And so the candidates need to focus on understanding all the issues and, and stop treating any group or any people as a part of a group, and therefore groupthink, and reach out to everybody on all the issues. Make your case. Stop spending so much time. Each and every one of them needs to stop spending so much time bad-mouthing the other guy and present their case to the people. I believe that so far, Trump, if you look at the number one issues of the day, immigration, terrorism, the economy, Trump's message for some reason is resonating more to the people, and those are the issues that matter the most to them. In terms of electability... 55% 55% in the entrance polls in Nevada said that Rubio, 55% said he was most electable. I'm not really sure why. I do think that he, you know, is really good at quoting a script. And if he gets off track on the script, he can, he can get right back on it. I'm not really sure why people view him as so electable. To me, he's another Romney in many ways in 2012 he's so moderate he's so left in so many ways where is where where is the contrast it's i think it's another setup for for 20 so that is a real noodle noodle scratcher for me why republicans continue from south carolina and now to nevada to see him as electable and i wonder how much of that is just the messaging that's being the, the narrative that's being sent to the american people through the media and then the second though in terms of electability and can win in november was Trump at 31 percent? The late deciders, it looked like 38 percent went to Rubio, 23 percent went to Trump, and 21 percent went to Cruz. I'm really kind of confused by that. I I've heard, and Timothy Shea's going to be calling up on uh, up a little bit later in the program to kind of share some of the shenanigans that I guess has been going on in the caucus sites, which you know could be reflective in some of these numbers, but. And and we've got Gerard Lomero is going to be on the show. Gerard's written a book called Great News for America, and he's predicting that 2016, based upon history, is going to be a year in which people are going to re-embrace a constitutional republic, prosperity, and the traditional America. So I'm interested to see, he's been watching these... uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina now Nevada been watching that very closely. So we're going to talk to Gerard Lamaros uh, in in a few minutes. We're also going to talk tonight not just about what's happening in Nevada, but some of these is, some of the, some of these issues surround this like you know why were people in South Carolina so concerned? Why is terrorism such an important important issue for the American people because the American people can see what's happening here and we have a president today. Today who, who and, and I don't think he's going to I mean, the Republican Party and, and the, who controls the House and the Senate still does. They say that they're going to block it. Paul Ryan has said that they're not going to allow these Gitmo, that it's unconstitutional and against the law to bring these terrorists here to the United States. But you know what? Yeah, it may be. But I think we've got an American people. We've got a Republican Party that looks and says, we've got somebody who's not doing what they need to do. I could say worse about President Obama. He's he's on the wrong side. He's taken up with the enemy against, against America. And we've got a Republican Party that's let him get away with it. So a lot of people are saying today, the Republican Party, Paul Ryan, they're not going to let him get away with it. But yeah, you know what? Paul Ryan has also put together a, a budget that involves billions of dollars of bringing Muslim refugees here into the country. So that's where we're at. And that's one reason why terrorism is a number one issue for the American people. So we're going to talk about Gitmo. And we've got um, some other stories to talk about here because, you know, in terms of who's who's in and who's out, I tell you who should be out and who may be out is we've got a new report coming up to talk about Hillary. And some things are starting to progress a little bit more thanks to Judicial Watch and their FOIA request involving the email scandals. And we've got a judge, I think, involved, uh, Judge Sullivan who might be a little fed up with Hillary Clinton and the email situation. And so we're going to talk about that coming up. But first we're going to take a break when we come back, we're going to go right back to Vegas baby. We're going to talk to Gerard Lamero about what's happening in Nevada. So stay tuned. This is the Andre K show on AM 1170. When
1: fix your makeup, girl, it's just a break at GoDaddy, a domain name is the beginning of something awesome. Use it to create a website to promote your business, open an online store to sell your products, start a blog, build your brand. You can even connect your domain to your LinkedIn or Facebook page. And GoDaddy customer support is always ready to help. What will you do with your domain name? Get a free domain with website from GoDaddy.com. Starting at $1 a month. Annual purchase of Website Builder required. Price valid first year only. See website for details. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me tonight. DJ Carrot Sticks asked me before we started the show, he's like, How, what, he's like, what kind of music are you in the mood for tonight? He said, do you think about maybe a little country? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, because I was kind of kicking it. I was kind of enjoying some Jason Aldean on the way into the station tonight. So I said, play me some hot witch women country singers, like a little Miranda Lambert, because people are kicking it in Nevada in the polls. And you know who kicks it really hard and who's always got great wisdom involving anything political is Gerard Lamero, and he's here back on The Andrea Kay Show. Hey, Gerard. Hi, how you doing? Well, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm always fired up whenever there's like election stuff going on. It's super exciting and super fun. We've we've got. Some breaking news out of Nevada in terms of uh, the entrance polls, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of that. Um, Have you? No, I haven't seen
3: yeah entrance polls yet. Okay, I've been looking more for the results than what's going on around it.
2: (laughs) Well, well, good. Well, you know, if the if the entrance polls are any indication, it's interesting, Gerard. Uh, There are 30 delegates at stake, which um, may not sound like a lot because you know they they need. Uh, 1,237 to clinch the nomination. There's only 30 tonight. But come Super Tuesday, there's over 600 available on Super Tuesday, and then the following week, there's like 350 something. And the week after that, about 367. So things are going to really start progressing. But even though there's only 30 delegates at stake tonight, you know, if if Trump, you know, you know, gets continues his lead then you know tonight my theme by the way is who's in and who's out if trump continues trump cruz and rubio if you know i think if they it looks like cruz and rubio are going to be tied for second and third it's time for Kasich and carson to skedaddle isn't it oh yeah i really think so
3: i think they're sort of uh, superfluous at this point i mean neither has hardly any chance with about seven percent each in south carolina i mean Carson was looking for evangelical voters, too, just as Cruz was, and he didn't really get that big of a group of them. And uh, K-6, he was sort of like uh, coming off a win in New Hampshire, but he had put all of his money and all of his time into New Hampshire. He had no organization, no money for South Carolina, and I really don't see how he's going forward. Because... Uh, The Jeb Bush donors are all going behind Rubio. That's sort of the establishment candidate. So I think uh, you could still see Kasich or Carson drop out before Super Tuesday. Or if they both do poorly uh, during Super Tuesday results, then you might see both of them drop out afterwards. And then it truly become a three-person race.
2: Well, Carson is only in it. You know, he actually contacted a large pastor I saw on O'Reilly tonight out of Houston or Dallas. I'm not sure where he is. He's still maintaining he's going to stay in it. And honestly, as much as I respect him, I think he's in it at this point out of spite. I think he's angry at the Cruz campaign for what happened in Iowa. And, you know, for the good of the party, I actually would love to see, um, you know, it be down to two people here coming up pretty quickly, because if it ends up being completely split across three people, we might have a nightmare on our hands come time for the convention. Here's how some of the entrance polls broke down, Gerard. Of the evangelicals. Once again it looks as though they're breaking for Trump as opposed to Cruz and I wrote a blog post tonight on my website com in terms of my theories behind that which is basically really simple that you know the Republican Party you know I think has been pandering to Christians for a long time and I think Cruz kind of fell into that trap of thinking that you just say you're the pro-life candidate and the anti-planned parenthood candidate and that's that's your conservative votes now you got you got them locked up now you can go turn your attention elsewhere and the conservatives and Christians are saying that they're you know, concerned about terrorism. They're concerned about illegal immigration and they're concerned about the economy and the jobs. And Trump has been more forceful than anybody in terms of speaking bluntly and directly as to what he's going to do about those in a way that is more than just weak, you know, namby-pamby kind of speak. He's, according to the entrance polls, 43% of the evangelicals broke his way. What do you think about that? Right
3: well actually it doesn't surprise me that uh, would fit everything else we know i think there's one other factor you might be leaving out about cruz and why he's dropped he has been hit with an incredible assault against him i mean uh, there are a number of arguments about what Rubio did with the Gang of Eight and all of that. No. And rather than really discussing that in any substance, you know, Rubio has been saying liar, liar, liar. And then Trump says liar, liar, liar. And and uh, I don't think any candidate has been hit as hard as Cruz uh, during this presidential cycle. And, you know, you throw enough mud at the wall, some sticks, and it's bound to hurt. And if you move even 5 or 10 percent of the voters in such a, a wide open open race with so many people, it makes a big difference. So I think uh, Cruz is having a hard time with all of that. He also lost Rick Tyler and, you know, Rick uh you know uh fell for that trick about what whatever it was uh the video and mm-hmm. wh- what did Rubio really say, and he somehow retweeted it. not a good idea to retweet it. Uh, the thing about Carson and Cruz back in Iowa, I think Carson wasn't very realistic. you know I've been to many, many caucuses and primaries and conventions, and I'll tell you in the heat of the moment, if you hear c n n say you know uh that Carson is going to Florida instead of going to New Hampshire. You know I would take that as he left the race you don't you don't fly to to Florida. To get another change of clothing, you go to a dry and cleaner we, and then fly and to New Hampshire. And I think Cruz thought that something terrible was on the minds of the Cruz people. I don't think so because I've been in, in caucus states and that. And you know what? Things move so fast. Your right, mind is on right. getting, getting the news out and 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 getting your votes together and getting your people supported. Right.
2: Well, so, that, yeah. Well, I, I hear you there, Joy. The reason. Unrealistic. Well, it, it it may be, but I think and and I we've kind of litigated the whole. Iowa thing for a long time and I don't want to get too much in the weeds on that because I think that unfortunately for Cruz and what I would have done at the time is I would have immediately fired somebody just to show that you know to to kind of not I hate to use the word appease but I think he's made a lot of strategic missteps I do not believe that Cruz is in the position he's in because he's an innocent victim of attacks and I think that I think that he's made some strategic missteps I think that when his campaign did that I personally think they should have verified with with carson um, what what the deal was before siphoning votes? I think whatever happened, though, I think if they had fired somebody, it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts. He had that going on in Iowa. Yeah, then he's right. got then he's got some an ads that was that was robocalls that were done that were shady against Rubio. Um, I don't think he should have run a campaign ad uh, against Trump that was from 20 years ago. As Christians, people, you know, you know, Reagan evolved as Christians. You know, somebody somebody can change their mind. We're in fact we say and I talk about. This in my blog post. We're to go and witness to people and hope that we're going to change their hearts and their minds. If they say they have changed their minds and they're now pro 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 life, are we going to call them liars? So I think that that so that was an attack against Trump that I think backfired on him. And I think what he what I would recommend to Cruz to do at this point, going forward, I don't think it's too late for him, but I do think he should change his messaging. Stop playing the victim of attacks and just focus on his where he is good at in policy which is you know today rubio has has lied on fox news about this guy from ice involved right. in his gang of eight situation uh, blatantly flat out lied the guy from ice says calls him out and says i challenge you rubio i'm gonna come on fox and show my credentials that i am who i said i was um he, he says and then on top of that flat out lie rubio was on o'reilly last night he's still an amnesty open border guy the Cruz could kill him on that and and he, you know he's putting too much focus on some some other areas
3: I, I totally agree with you, and and I think that you've, you've analyzed it quite well. In fact, you should be a guest at some of these shows, too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you've, you've done a great job. I think that uh, there are a number of things that can happen at this point. Obviously, Cruz needs to change strategies if he's going to be in it, but some of the things we should look for, I think, in Nevada is who comes in second who comes in third. Because if Rubio comes in third, that's really bad sign. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it depends on the difference between the spread, too. Uh, if it's a big spread and he's in a situation similar to Kasich and Carson and uh, he drops out, all those votes will probably go to Cruz, I would mm-hmm. guess. Well, uh, Some of them yeah. will go to Trump, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, 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 uh, it really becomes interesting. On the other hand, if Cruz were to come in third and Rubio come in second, then you've got a fault line between the establishment candidate, who's basically Rubio at this point, right. and Trump. And and that makes for a different kind of dynamic. So there are a lot of different things that could happen. Also, I've been watching very closely to see if at any point uh, the voters pick up on Trump being liberal or not, and they seem to be thinking he's conservative, and they're satisfied with his uh, change of heart on certain issues, mm-hmm. and that seems to be working well for him. And uh, sometimes when he sounds a little negative on the campaign trail, they're sort of thinking, well, you know what? We need somebody tough who's going to call people on the carpet when right. they do something wrong, and they really like that.
2: Well, yeah, and I think they, they like his, if you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. I'm talking to Gerard Lamar and I want to talk you a little bit about your book in a, in a couple of minutes because you have said that sure. 2016 is going to be a return to a constitutional republic and prosperity and and that, that that's based on history and I want you to tell everybody in a minute why you think that and how they can get a copy of your book. I think that Americans are so upset, Gerard. Not not necessarily upset isn't the right word because I, I'm trying to avoid using words like anger and upset because there's it too is anger
3: though. Yeah, it, it, it
2: is. is. But but to say that it's just in a, It's like I saw Sununu on the news yesterday, and he's basically saying people need to stop stop voting on the basis of emotion and vote on substance. I thought that was so insulting to anybody who has righteous indignation. First of all, we have a right to be angry, but that does not mean that somebody is so blinded by their anger that they're not actually bringing thought to the situation. When we have voters saying, look, we got $19 trillion in debt, we've got unemployment, like crazy. We've got manufacturing going everywhere. They're they're seeing the prices of everything doubling in the grocery store. They're seeing two parties that have basically acting as one. And they're looking at this going, there's only one guy right now in the Republican Republican Party running for president who's ever started a business, run a business, or knows anything about business and knows anything about how many works. The rest are all attorneys, pretty much. Um, You know, maybe we need to give a businessman a shot, to me, that's not being blinded by anger. That's somebody going, we have a broken system. It hasn't worked. Maybe it's time to let a businessman come into the situation. And I also don't think it's being blinded by anger to say, we've got a president that is importing terrorist in the form of refugees here doing nothing to stop the and to change anything about the visa program we're not sealing the borders and this guy was the first one to come out and point it out i don't think it's i don't think it's emotional and irrational to like what he has to say
3: well even if it's anger it's not irrational because people feel like the country is going off track in poll after poll after poll even this year in January and February polling we've seen that the Americans by large numbers 60 70% think America's off track and they want to get it back on track mm-hmm. now that's just being intelligent in my opinion right and and I think that we're certainly voters are certainly entitled to want to get the country in a different direction because they think it's headed in the wrong direction and what I and find Odd,
2: Yeah. And what I find odd in looking at these poll numbers is how you could have kind of a split right now in Nevada between Trump and Rubio. Because how can how can if, if you're concerned about how the country is going, how can you think that an establishment guy is the solution? Well, Are you I don't kidding think they me? do,
3: really. I don't think they do. I mean, most people How aren't can vote they? Rubio.
2: <laughs> the, well, I, I think they, I think they've bought into so much the idea of him being more electable, even though there was a, a small poll, mind you, that has come out by Mercury Analytics Research Firm in Washington that found that nearly 20 percent of Democrats say they would leave the party and vote for Donald Trump, and that he, 63 um, uh, percent, say they are 100 percent sure that they would vote for Trump over Clinton of Democrats. So, you know, he has been the one, I think, who if we need Democrats and independents in order to win in the general, I think Trump probably has the greatest opportunity to do that. But then what are you hearing, Gerard, about the movement inside the Republican Party of people that are kind of like Rand Paul who say, if Trump's the nominee, I'm staying home? I don't believe it.
3: Uh, I mean, if your choice is between, say, Trump and Bernie Sanders, I mean, I can't believe Bernie Sanders is going to get your vote if you were ever a Republican. You know, I, I do not believe that. I think, And Hillary is one of the most unlikable, untrustworthy people. And I think her trust numbers are so low, and I believe there's still a reasonable chance she will be indicted. You know, you have the email handling violations. You have the top-secret material handling violations that are, mm-hmm. that people are alleging. And you also have uh, the alleged uh, thing between State Department, Standard Business, and the Clinton Foundation mm-hmm. and and whether or not uh, there's some sort of quid pro quo that was going on. And uh, all of those, and today we have breaking news, too, about the judge uh, saying that Hillary's uh, staffers are going to have to testify under oath. Right. Uh, you know, this is getting closer and closer to her. And personally, what I think uh, is happening with Joe Biden, he's waiting on the sidelines to see if she really is going to wind up indicted, even though they are in a position to decide if that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Justice Department has been political for this administration. Uh, but I think he's waiting on the side. And if things get too hot, uh, she may get indicted and he'll he'll jump in and try to take her superdelegates and her other delegates because mm-hmm. they'll be free to vote for whoever they want. Right. Leave.
2: Before we go, tell everybody briefly about your book and why you predict 2016 is going to be just a historic election and a return to, to a constitutional republic and that it's really great news for America.
3: Yeah, well, the book is Great News for America. The website is greatnewsforamerica.com. You can get it on Amazon, Kindle, or print, and lots of other places. Uh, Basically, what I did is I went back to 1789 last year, and I studied every big presidential election. And I wanted to learn as much as I could before this election. And I found out that there's a pattern and that people, uh, voters do get angry and indignant, and uh, they have what I call a moral outrage. They are upset with the government because it's violated morality standards or it's violated some of their freedom. And boy, we have that this time because a lot of people think we're corrupt and off track and we're losing our freedoms. Some people are worried about the economy. Some people are worried about national security. And what's happened in the past is that uh, American voters in those kind elections come out in historic numbers and you have a historic voter turnout that's what we're seeing in iowa new hampshire south carolina just what i predicted we would have big turnout this year and another big factor is the political parties get realigned they basically say we're not happy with the job you've done we're going to change the parties and you know what the end of the Republican Party, as we know it, is in the process of happening. The end of the Democratic Party, as we know it, is in the process of ending as well. And, and so I, I talk about that. I make 10 bold predictions, which will surprise some people, will shock others. But the interesting thing is they all seem to be happening. And I'm thinking, I took a slight professional chance writing a predictions right. on an election. I didn't name, like, who was going to win or lose. But I, I said, this is what the American people are thinking. This is what they're feeling. These are the things that we ex- we expect to see based on not only our current information and knowledge of the electorate, but also the historical uh, uh, track record of American presidential elections since 1789. It is a great book. People who read it love it.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for calling in. It's great news for America. Gerard Lemera is the author. Get it on Amazon. It's awesome. Thanks so much, Gerard. Appreciate you calling in tonight. Great talking to All you. All right. Bye now. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Nevada. We also got to talk Gitmo. And Gerard mentioned it. WAPO's got an article out there. Clinton may be going down. A judge has had just about enough of her. And I hope you haven't had too much of me yet because I got more on the other side of the break. It's the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170,
2: The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you here with me tonight. It's happening. It's going down in Vegas right now. Interesting night happening. Um, there was a lot of questions about whether or not there was going to be some repeat issues in the caucuses over there. I'm not even sure why we have caucuses. Yeah, every state has the right to conduct elections the way they want to. But it just seems like these caucuses are always a nightmare. I mean, hopefully it's not going to come down to a coin flip for the Republican Party for crying out loud. Um, but calling in to help me with this it's Timothy Shea. He's 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 been on top of what's happening over in the caucus sites. Anything that um, is something we should be concerned about?
0: Hey, Lulu. Yeah, there are a lot of concerns. OK, and let's just set the historical table here. Nevada screwed up their caucus in 08 and in 12. They're screwing up tonight. They are in jeopardy, as well they should be, of losing their early primary status. Okay? This is a complete debacle tonight. We've got places running out of ballots because they didn't anticipate the high turnout. We've got reports of double balloting. IDs aren't being checked uh, ballots are being examined before being put into the envelope, uh, by you know being examined by poll workers before being put into the o- envelopes. There are so many irregularities, and it is such a disorganized process that we're just going to be guaranteed complaints about uh, inaccuracies, et cetera. I really don't think we can trust the results of tonight.
2: Well, I think that I'm not sure how much it matters. Ultimately, if there's 30 delegates at stake, I'm not really sure how they're weighted. I think when you're looking at a situation where you need 1,237 to clinch it and the majority of the the delegates are coming up Super Tuesday, 621, the following week, 356, you know, honestly, I think at this point it really needs to come down to a three-man race. Kasich and Carson need to skidaddle. They're staying in it for all the wrong reasons, selfish reasons, and I think that I think that then. You know, Cruz issued a challenge to Trump to do, you know, a one-on-one debate. You know, Rubio was really who Cruz needs to be worried about because Trump's lead is, is solid at this point. And Trump really, uh, Cruz really needs to do something to counter Rubio. Um, I, I, I talked earlier about the immigration situation. You know, Rubio is a disaster for us. One of the reasons why the American people gave the majority to the Republican Party in 2014 was it, it, the illegal immigration problem. How in the world? I. I I was asking Gerard, what is your theory for how you can have a state that is half Trump and half Rubio? I mean, because if Gerard is right and then the American people said they want want something new, this has been all about the year of the outsider. How in the world is Rubio gaining so much steam and overtaking crews in that area?
0: Well, Rubio is a disaster for a lot of reasons, not just immigration, but... You're exactly correct about the results tonight having a minimal impact on the 2016 race. I think it's going to have a much bigger impact on Nevada, but it goes to a larger, it speaks to a larger issue. Okay. We're seeing that Nevada GOP can't run a coherent caucus. We're seeing these campaigns. There's not one campaign other than Trump's that is running effectively And it really leads me to question how effectively they can govern if they can't even run a campaign effectively. We're seeing echoes of 2012. I'm just really scared that everybody's coalescing behind Rubio. Uh, The money's coalescing behind him. The endorsements are coalescing behind him. And they're going to try to cram him down his throat because Trump right now seems – Inevitable, but there's a lot of weakness. 170,000 Democrats voted for him in South Carolina. If South Carolina was a closed primary, he would have finished third. Okay. Trump is not the inevitable candidate. We're going to see next Tuesday what the real situation is because most of the SEC states do have closed primaries.
2: Well, but it will it that, will be interesting, but I but I think that um, I also think that there's some advantage to seeing that the Democrats will come and vote for somebody. We, you know, one of the issues we had in 2008 and 2012 was, you know, at least we were told you got to have a moderate because it, it, the, the decisions, the far right are going to vote Republican. The far left are going to vote Democrat. The conventional wisdom at least is that it's the middle that decides the election and Cruz has the lowest, Every state so far, he's been picked as the lowest with in terms of electability. And that yeah, is but you hugely, know what? They said
0: exactly the same thing about Ronald Reagan, and he only won 45 and 49 states. Okay, Ronald well, you completely. know what?
2: One of the things that makes Cruz me want to no jab— Cruz is no Ronald Reagan, but no. what i is
0: that they said exactly the same thing. So I, one of the— 1980.
2: I, there was one analyst who said it a couple days ago, that people need to stop— dragging ronald reagan's name into this because we do not have a ronald reagan to hear anybody compare cruz to ronald reagan to me he reagan had so much charm the great communicator he was incredibly charming and charismatic he was everything cruz is not and you know the big and, and to, to for people to say that about cruz and i'm not saying you're saying that i've heard it from others is to deny the the elephant in the room about cruz which is his personality and that is well, why. I, that is I why. I
0: think it's his personality. I think it's his persona. So there's a big difference when you see Cruz in one-on-one situations, like talking to that uh, farmer in Iowa and explaining why he was opposed to ethanol. And that farmer went from being angry that Cruz was opposed to ethanol subsidies to being happy about it and saying he was going to get his friends to vote for him
2: well but Cruz presidents don't govern one-on-one with, with like that well, but they- what
0: i'm saying is Cruzs it's not his personality it, his personality is fine it's his it's his on-camera persona his debate persona he needs some serious media coaching he needs some training and he's not getting it by all these insiders running his campaign
2: well that's a, it, it to me that is the same thing because if you can't convey warmth and charisma, and charm, particularly in the society that we have today, in the culture of personality that we have, that's a key element that you have to have. And if you don't have that, you don't don't win in November. It doesn't help that you're great on on -on one-on-one because when it comes to the general election, it's not about retail politics. And there's even talked about the fact that he's not even going to be able to carry his own state. And so, you know, that that has me concerned because I don't want to end up with a Rubio. And I think at this point, you know, I think we're probably looking, looking at Trump. And one of the things I said to Tamara Holder last night, because she's like, oh, he's not really giving us a lot of specifics. Why are so many people supporting him? Because you know what? I think Americans are are far more pragmatic than a lot of people give them credit for. And there are many people who have come to the conclusion that, that they're not purists. They're not looking for somebody who's going to give them everything. They're looking for somebody who's going to deal with the two biggest issues we have. And that's illegal immigration and the border. And that's the economy. And I really think that Cruz needs to shift and put the focus all on that. And, you know, instead of like the, the mono e mono me challenge too. against Trump is just more pointing the finger at Trump and being nasty towards, you know, and, and continuing to foster the fighting versus actually giving people a reason to vote for him. And he's just not really doing that for me.
0: As much as I would love to see that, I mean, I would take cash money to see Cruz dismantle trump in a one-on-one debate it's the worst thing he could have done he's got to stop pointing the finger as you said he's got to start using surrogates okay nobody can effectively not just Cruz, no one can effectively rebut charges of being sleazy or a liar or anything else without coming across sounding like bob dole in 1996 when he said stop lying about my record to bill clinton okay it doesn't work you need to have Surrogates, you came from corporate sales. You know all about third-party validation. That's what needs to happen here. Cruz has to start speaking more inspirationally. I got more positive response on my Twitter feed, my Facebook wall, and in private messages when Cruz talked about his stepsister passing from a drug overdose. It's stories like that. It's his inspirational vision for America. It's his policy prescriptions. That's where he resonates, and that's what he needs to focus on. Let everybody else deal with all this circus atmosphere around him. He needs to start acting presidential.
2: Well, I think that he needs to actually have somebody. Somebody, one of the engineers here said today, every time he speaks, something about him just comes across as smarmy, and, well, and that's that's, my, that's a problem.
0: My, I so, told my mother to wish her a happy 80th birthday this morning, and you know she told me that she thinks the cruise is sleazy. Now here's a woman that doesn't really follow politics, but that's her impression of Cruz. So that's where I think that the Cruz campaign really could use a little bit of K and Shay. Well,
2: yeah. Hey, I say everybody can use some K and Shay, baby. All right. Well, thank you. Speaking of you, Shay, I got to leave it there. Thank you so much for calling in. I want to shift gears and talk hey, about hey. a couple, a couple of other little. Uh, oh, latest entrance. Prefer next president to have political experience. Rubio, 55%. You know, who wants experience? I thought this was the year of the outsider. Nevada, you're killing me. Angry with the federal government. Nevada, 57%. In South Carolina, 40%. So I'm a little confused because if you're that angry with the federal government, how in the world can 30-something percent or how many of you in Nevada uh, be supporting Rubio? Really kind of interesting to me. Um, I did want to shift gears into some other topics. Get Mo today. I talked a little bit about this uh, this morning. Um one of the things that just killed me so much today in his speech about gitmo was first of all he talked about human rights why is it that president obama cares more about the rights of terrorists than he does about americans and our human rights to live safely in this country without being taken over by an ideology that wants to destroy us from within he says oh it doesn't do anything to advance our security how in the world does it not help us from a security standpoint to keep terrorists that were taken off the battlefield, trying to kill us, to keep them locked up? Of course, it advances our security. Oh, it undermines it. He says because of propaganda. There's been no propaganda. This isn't. This isn't why they hate us. Where's the propaganda been? There's no evidence that they're using Gitmo against us. How are they using Gitmo against us? These guys down there are getting a better life than any of our prisoners here. Most of Americans. They got. You've seen those facilities? It's better than LaCosta. It's crazy. Then he goes into the $450 million is spent on Gitmo. I don't even think that scratches the surface of his and Michelle's vacation budget. Don't be complaining to me about money, how much money you're going to save by closing Gitmo. That's probably the worst thing he said at all. Oh, and then I guess the plan to get rid of some of these prisoners is that they're deemed too unsafe to travel to other countries, so they're going to bring them here? A Democrat from Colorado said he didn't want them in his state. So you're going to literally import terrorists here into the United States of America. And what happened to all the, all the poor, innocent you know, people in the prison systems that aren't supposed to be there because they're black and they've just been rounded up? See, that's been the whole Black Lives Matter movement, part of what they're saying. So you're going to bring Islamic terrorist and put them around American citizens like that? That's insane. He says it's a stain on our record. Obama is a stain on our record. He says 15, he, he was complaining about how 15 years after 9-11, that we, how can we still have Gitmo open? How can we 15 years after 9-11 have a president of the United States who's actively courting the Muslim Brotherhood who wants to take us over from within? Who's telling the American people the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet? Right now, Apple is under pressure to create software so they can break into everybody's phones, and everybody and and, and Obama and the left is acting as though uh, uh, Loretta Lynch came out and said there should every there should be nothing to stop any federal investigation. These are people who specifically pulled investigators off of mosques, the the madrasa. Where that San Bernardino terrorist studied at is part of a chain of extremist schools preaching that kind of ideology right here in the States. So, this is a stain on our record. General Keene says today, What are we going to do about the gray space? These are terrorists. They're not POWs. They don't even qualify for the judicial system. And you know what? I've caught a lot of heat because I supported Trump's uh, criticism of Bush and W, W. President Bush. Cause he started this refugee program here. He, and he just said even recently after Trump criticized him, that he sees it as a human condition issue and a law enforcement issue. He sees nothing wrong with the ideology of Islam. And until we have somebody, we need a president who's willing to say it. Who's willing to say, we got to look at who, at who we're bringing here. We got to knock this off. And so far it's been Trump. He's been the only one willing to do it and i think that's one reason why he's resonating with with conservative christians you've got franklin graham saying you know what shame on anybody who's trying See, to to uh, come up with any I, mean, any moral equivalency he says as christians we need to not be acting as though there's you know one god multiple paths acting yeah. as though there's that, that you you're not allowed to question islam that's what i have to say about gitmo i
3: flipped it off and then it, and it Paul Trump Ryan Trump says it's
2: not going to happen. It's illegal. Stays off it's reckless seconds. and illegal. Well, you know what? So is bringing 200,000 refugees here from Syria and all these other places around the world. You're going along with that, aren't you, Ryan? And I'm not hearing anything. I didn't hear anything today. I was a little busy today, but I actually I don't think I heard anything from Trump, Cruz, or Rubio today about Gitmo. But I could be wrong. Lots of stuff dead going dead on.
0: Alarm. It
2: doesn't mean, though, that there aren't other good efforts that could be done. One of the things that I talked about earlier on Craig's sewing show with Elhoff and Craig is in terms of because Craig was like, well, why are we even relitigating or even talking yeah, right. about, you know, Iraq? And, and how could Trump criticize Bush? And it, why is that even relevant? It's relevant because 73 percent of South Carolinians said terrorism. Uh, that They agreed with Trump in terms of the ban. Number one issue was terrorism. And they agreed with Trump on the temporary ban. Americans get it. We need somebody who's going to understand what the issue is. And President Bush believed that it was a human condition issue and okay. d- democracy would be the way to solve it. Okay. It's not true. Because there's uh, the no, people from San Bernardino experienced the free market capitalist like system. But that doesn't mean that I, that I don't believe that there aren't other things that we can do to fight the ideology. And I want to tell you guys about an article I read on the Clarion Project that there is a Muslim... And he's come up with a cartoon called yeah. The Average Muhammad, and he goes around with these cartoons, which is controversial because, you know, that can get you killed, Wait, Charlie Hebdo. On, on second, and that. the idea is to target young people who are being fed radical you know, agendas in mosques in different places and schools. And the average Muhammad is a way to counter all that. It's a cartoon series. And he takes this message, like I said, to schools and mosques and madrasas. And, no, and he no, says no, no, no. that his message is about teaching kids three principles, peace, second one is democracy, and the third one is anti-extremism. And he says he thinks that he's actually doing some good work here. Of course, he's probably got a target on his back. And he says that he tells them, what, what kind of world do we want? And he says, I want a world without extremism. I'm working on it and he says that kids will come up to him and ask him about okay. the concept of suicide, and he says they'll say to him, well, suicide bombers go to heaven, and he tells them, no, they don't. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I gotta say hat tip to, to this gentleman, uh, Muhammad Ahmed, the inventor of Average Muhammad. There are people, I think we need to praise Muslims that are doing what they can to counter this ideology, but if we need somebody like this to go around in America, to counter the extremist messages it means we've got extremist messages all over mosques in this country teaching the value of suicide bombing let that sink in america we need a president that's going to be willing to not put just pressure on apple to make every american citizen's phone be subject to to search and seizure but to actually be going in and searching and paying attention and, and investigating what's going on in the mosques speaking of investigations Don't have a huge amount of time left. Gerard Lemire already talked about it a little bit. Washington Post has an article out, U.S. judge orders discovery to go forward over Clinton's private email system. And he busts Clinton. He says there has been, it might be a female judge, I'm not sure. No, Emmett Sullivan. He says there has been a constant drip, drip, drip of declarations. When does it stop? He says this case is about the public's right to know. He said that months of piecemeal revelations about Clinton and the state's State Department's handling of the email controversy created a reasonable suspicion that public access to official government records under the uh, under FOIA was undermined. Well, that's a little bit stating the obvious, there, Judge Sullivan. Um, so basically, what the it's a long article. You can go read it at Wapo. But basically, they were just going to try to drag it out to 2017, conveniently after the general election, in order handing over all these emails. We already know what's in these emails. We know that she had SAP, the highest level of intelligence on there. If she had been a Republican, she'd be down in Gitmo. They'd already been waterboarding her. There's no excuse for why she's not already done a perp walk. Remember how remember how hysterical the left was over that Valerie Plame? I've talked about that before. We'll see what happens here. The truth is she set up this email... The Republican Party's not really done a good job of connecting the dots. She set up this email thing not to just hide what she was doing as Secretary of State and try to get away with stuff like Benghazi. That was just a sideline benefit. It was really to hide the corruption and the graft that was going on with the Clinton Foundation and the hundreds of millions of dollars that they were taking in and money laundering involving that charity scam. The whole lot of them really should be prosecuted. Bill, Chelsea, the son-in-law... Every one of them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, latest breaking news. Some Nevada caucuses have started counting votes. I think we kind of see from the entrance polls. I think it's, it's kind of easy to predict that Trump's going to end up the winner here. But I think Timothy Shea is right. I mean, I, to me, it really starts when we get into, the race really starts when we get into Like the winner take all states, which is we've got Super Tuesday with 621 up for grabs, 356 up for grabs the following week. The winner take all states is going to be interesting. That's on uh, March 15th. I think that someone really needs to drop out like kind of pronto. Um but I want to hear what you all think. And I really would love to hear what you think about my article that I wrote on com about the evangelical vote. But let's keep this conversation rolling. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. And I'm actually going to be on Tipping Point this Thursday with Liz Wheeler. One America News, 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all. The Andrea K. Show on AM
0: 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K.